Hey everyone, welcome to the Revive West Des Moines podcast. I'm Jamie Richards, the Young Adult Minister at Hope West Des Moines. What you are about to hear is the live recording from Revive West Des Moines this past week. We hope you can connect with God and the good life that God has for you through what you hear in this message. Check it out. Well, hello, everyone, and I want to extend the welcome that you've already gotten yet again. Um, We're so glad that you're here. There's so many different things that you could be doing on a Thursday night in the greater Des Moines metro area, Uh, but you're here, and that's awesome. We're really excited that you're here. I'm pretty sure God's really excited that you're here, and to those of you also who are watching on the live stream, we're really glad that you're here with us as well. So we are now in week three of this series that we're doing called Awakening about what happens when God's power and presence kind of collides with our life and we become more awakened to God's presence in us and around us and what God might be doing through us. And so the first week of this series, we talked about presence, the presence of God, how the presence of God kind of awakens us to understanding more about the presence of God. And it's just this never-ending journey of how God's presence leads to understanding more about God's presence. And then the second week, um, we talked about prayer and how we actually, when we are awakened to God's presence around us and hunger more for that presence of God in our lives, it just kind of naturally rolls into prayer. And there's no like rhyme or reason or format to how God invites us to pray. Jesus does teach us how to pray with the Lord's Prayer, but really prayer is just talking to God and saying what's on your mind and doing your best to try to learn to listen. And that part, I think, honestly, is one of the hardest parts. And then this week, we are talking about mission. So these are all different themes of what happens when God's presence and power kind of collide with our lives and awaken us to what God is doing. And so tonight we're going to be talking about mission. And in the Bible reading that you just heard that Katie read so beautifully, Jesus says to his disciples, the workers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send more workers into his fields. And so tonight we're talking about mission and that call that that Jesus gives his disciples to say, go. That mission is really about movement, and we don't have to come up with the mission on our own. The mission is love, the love of Jesus, and Jesus invites us into that, and then it just kind of like moves us. Um, It gets us moving, and it moves us to, to people around us and into the world around us. And so if you were here this summer, you heard a lot about Hope's mission. So we did a 10 for 10 sermon series this summer. How many of you, out of my own curiosity, how many of you were here for the 10 for 10 series at Revive this summer? Okay, awesome. A decent number of you. So Hope has 10 goals for 10 years. Um, We originally had, I think it was like a 20 or a 25 year vision that was kind of getting us to the year 2020. And so in the year 2019, we realized as a church, okay, 2020 is next year. We have had this vision and this mission statement that have been kind of bringing us to this point in time. It's time for us to begin to pray and ask God, okay, God, is this, what, what do you have next for us? What is the further expression of the mission that you have called us to here as a church? What do you have for us? And so a group of people got together and prayed and it felt, uh, and they felt like God was leading us into a 10-year goal um, with 10 goals as a part of those 10 years. And so we talked about those different goals all summer long. And the thing that I love about all of those different goals is that all of them are very mission-oriented. They're not just for us. They're not just about our personal relationship with God that's private, that's really important, but it's also about what God is 
doing in and through us and around us. And so um, we're going to watch a video in just a couple moments that highlights some of those themes. Um, But a couple of things that I wanted to say before we get into this video, because a picture is worth a thousand words, so I'll give you a video and it's like an hour's worth of a sermon, right? Or something like that. (laughs) And so, um, but there's a couple things that um, both faith leaders and Jesus and God have said about mission that I wanted to say at the beginning here as we kind of set the table for what I think is going to be a really fun night. So uh, Archbishop William Temple, who um, lived around the turn of the 19th century, said the church is the only society that exists for the benefit of those who are not its members. That the church exists not for people that are here. The church does exist for the people that make up the church. But Jesus doesn't call us to just be here and to be the body of Christ for ourselves and for our own sake. God calls us to live in mission for the good of our neighbor. The church is the only society that exists for the benefit of those who are not its members. And then, uh, because we can believe somebody, maybe who's an archbishop, but it's really good if we just hear what God himself and uh, what God says in the Old Testament, God is saying through the prophet Isaiah, whom shall I send as a messenger to these people? Whom shall I send? And then Isaiah answers, you can send me. And then in the New Testament, when Jesus, um, after the crucifixion and the resurrection, Jesus is talking with his disciples, kind of final parting words. Jesus says, I love you. Jesus says all of these incredible things. And then Jesus says, therefore, go. Go and make disciples of all of the nations. And so I, I invite you to be thinking about these themes of mission as you take a look at this video clip. It's a little long. There's about a 10-minute video that we put together for our 25th birthday that was also fall of 2019. And we had no idea in these 10 for 10 goals 2020 that we were about to head into a global pandemic that wasn't going to last two weeks like everyone kind of thought it was. Um, we're, we're still feeling the effects of it, right? But it's so funny to look at this video that was made only two years ago. This is about half of the video. It's really just fascinating to see what has even happened over the course of two years and also to see how God was already beginning to put pieces of more mission into this new vision of where we felt like God was leading us as a church. So, um, And then after uh, this video, we're going to have a special guest come and join us, and I'm excited about that. So uh, go ahead and take a look. Right after our daughter was born, we started looking for a church. And actually, we went to a couple and thought they were too big. Uh, So I walked through the doors of uh, Hope, which at that point in time was a little office building by Perkins, and there was probably a dozen people in there. I got a call to come play for a church. They were just starting out. I said, okay, I'll check it out. Walked in the door, and there was eight of us sitting in there. So I thought, okay, this is church. Here we go. We had a toddler and an infant, a newborn. No problem, we're going to sneak in the back row. Nobody's going to notice. And when we walked into the church, the four of us at the time increased attendance by 20%. You can't sneak in the back row when there are only two rows there. I said, honey, you know, I think this one might be a little bit too small for us. It was funny how God showed me how a little small church couldn't be too small because he was soon going to grow it way bigger than anybody ever expected it to be. Lutheran Church of Hope hasn't been a big advertising group that goes out there and drags people in. It's, it's us. It's the people that are in the church that go out. We all met in a living room. 
to think about a mission statement. Where did we want to be as a church? Where did we want to grow? What was the future looking like? What was God going to do through us? That's when it starts to hit home and we are going to impact some lives. And I get to witness this from stage one. The feeling of being welcomed hasn't changed. We want you to come and meet Jesus. We want to walk alongside you. We want to support you. We're constantly building and deepening our relationship with Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit has, is here and you can feel it. I see people come in to hope for the first time. They leave filled up and they say, God touched my heart here. And I don't know why, but I can't stop crying. 13 years ago, uh, we came to Pastor Mike and said, we want to do an Indian Christmas outreach. There are more than 10,000 Indians in Des Moines, most, most of them who do not uh, have a, a Christian experience. We did a small event in the gym. Uh, Pastor Mike shared the word. Uh, about 70 people came from our community here. Today, 13 years later, our Indian Christmas, we have about 400 people that come, and it is such a joy uh, for us to share Christ. Um, to the Indian community here in Des Moines. The thing that I believe Hope does differently is they genuinely care for people coming here. They genuinely care. I believe that we as a church, we as Hope, are being called to step into those places, to fill gaps. It's exciting to think about what what's to come. It's amazing what a you know, this church this size does now, the, the Super Bowl program, the building houses. You have a critical mass of people doing good things. In 2000, we moved here to Des Moines, Iowa. Lutheran Church of Hope was instrumental. We came in, they were at the airport, they welcomed us, they provided us accommodation. The, the mission of the church of reaching out to the world and to share the everlasting love of Jesus Christ, I saw that in my experience. And we became members. When I tell my story to friends out there in Des Moines, they're like, are you sure? Is there a church like that? I say, come and check it out. We started out as kind of a little neighborhood church, and I think God is challenging us to see that the neighborhood is way bigger than we ever, ever dreamed it could possibly be. He didn't just say the more. He didn't say Iowa. He said the world around us. This church will continue to blossom and continue to grow because God sees the heart of the church. When I was in elementary school, I remember thinking hope was just so big. Now, I look back and go, wow, I never would have even thought it would have been this big. And that's what I think is going to happen in the future. People are going to look back, and it's going to be like, remember in 2019 we thought hope was huge? I mean, little did we know it would be this big. Who knows where it'll be in 25 years? I'm willing to bet God will exceed our expectations on that one. I'm just saying this is the beginning. This is just the beginning. Lutheran Church of Hope is like a monster seed that is deep-rooted in God's world. When I see the vision and hear the vision of what's to come, it's overwhelming to me because of how it started. We were in an office building with 12 people. God's got it. Step out of the way, things are going to come. And if I can be moved like this in 25 years, people are going to be moved in the next 25, um, no matter how long they've been here. 
and just strap in for the ride. It's going to be awesome. It's pretty cool. <laughs> the, one of the things I love so much about this church is we don't have to try to convince people at this church to be involved in mission. People at this church have been involved in mission and have had a heart for mission since day one. And so everybody, I'd like you to meet Sam. Everybody say hi, Sam. What's going on, everybody? Sam, thanks for being here tonight. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So Sam is a longtime Hopester and Revive Young Adult, and I've asked him here to share a couple thoughts about mission Mm -hmm. and then also to share a little bit of his story as well. Um, And you'll see the themes um, that are similar that pop up in your story. So will you just share kind of as um, an introduction a little bit about yourself, how long you've been at Hope, Revive, maybe how you got here? Maybe we can save that for later. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. um, so I've been coming to the Lutheran Church of Hope since 2012. I originally came to the Ankeny campus, funny enough, when they were meeting in a middle school over there. And uh, I was working out in West Des Moines at the time, and then my work schedule changed. Then I ended up here at the West Des Moines campus and uh, kind of been coming back here ever since. <laughs> awesome. Sam, you are really passionate about mission. Mm. Uh, we were talking about uh, how there's a verse that speaks to you a lot about mission. Mm. It's the verse where Jesus says to go, go make disciples. Um, what about that verse stands out to you or really resonates with you? Yeah, when we think about going forth and making disciples of all the nations, I remember when I first read that and I'm like, that is 30,000 feet high. How is this even going to be possible? <laughs> go forth and make disciples of all the nations? What does it even mean? But taking a step back, reading, 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 and then looking for context, I think there's two in particular words that we can look at there that is gonna ground it and make it really tangible for us tonight. And that's disciples, and that's nations. If we're supposed to go out and make disciples, what is a disciple? Simply a follower, a student of Jesus. (laughs) And here's the deal. This is an open invitation for anybody, near and far. Doesn't matter where you came from, what background, where you're at. Heaven comes down to meet us exactly where we're at, and that's what we're called to do for others. I mean, look at who Jesus chose to go and change the world. Was it the religious leaders of the time? Was it all the celebs? No. He came down and he pulled the tax collector, somebody that was hated by his own people. (laughs) He called fishermen, and he called zealots. Radical people. And he changed the world. What people back in the day would have thought is common, ordinary. Jesus called extraordinary. And he used them to change the world. Now, how do we make disciples? Foundationally, fully, Jamie already explained a little bit. We gotta love people and love them well. We do a really good job in Christianity, me in particular, just overcomplicating what does it mean? But God on a continual basis brings me back to what is the good news? How are you loving people? How are you loving people? Because that's what it's all about. See, real godly love, let's just talk about love in general for a minute. So when you think about any relationship that we have in our life, right? Friendship, family, relationship, whatever it is. That love, one that gets inside of us, that makes us want to do something. That makes us want to spend time with people, go deeper in a relationship with people, give a gift to people, even when it's hard. It's radical and it changes things. So, yes, but, Sam, were you? Oh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. So uh, I Go know ahead. that was a look, but uh, we got to touch on nations here real quick. Yes, I'm getting ahead of myself. 
So nations, this is the part that I really, this excited me when I actually looked up the word. What does nations mean? Because this is something that I feel like has gotten a little bit lost in translation over the years. If you look at the actual Greek word for nation, it's called ethne. What does that mean? Well, ethne means a people group who might speak the same language, follow the same religion, or live in the same area. We got nations all around us. Your friend group, that's a nation. Your family, that is a nation. Your workplace, that is a nation. And think about it. In those social groups that we have, what is it worth for it? Think about it like this. So you know uh, how your friend group, you got like all these inside jokes that only your friend group knows, and if somebody were to walk in the room and see you cracking these jokes, they'd be like, oh, I'm a little bit on the outs on this situation. Me and my uh, friend group, it's personally Letterkenny quotes. We get them rolling one after another, back and forth as fast as they come, and I'm telling you, if you walked in the room, you'd walk right back out. But it's our nation, part of our language. Same with the family group, uh, same with your workplace. If I were to walk into your workplace right now, I'm sure that there is jargons and terms and language that you guys use there that you would have to key me in. There's culture there. There's culture in our workplaces. So, nations. It doesn't have to be this big, scary term (laughs) that sometimes we're like, man, how am I ever going to do that? And hear me out. If you are called to nation work, God will let you know. There may be people in this room tonight that God may call you to move but he will let you know and he will affirm it. He will send people around you to surround you to make sure that you are adequately equipped and feeling confident in that next step. All right, (laughs) that's what I think about mission. (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing, Sam. And you know the next question I'm gonna ask you. Were you always passionate about mission and Jesus? No, I was not. Uh, (laughs) So buckle up for this one. Uh, back in the day, so just pretext, I come from a really good home. But uh, when I was a kid, I got bullied pretty hard, and things really changed for me around the sixth grade. Uh, I remember I got into a fight and something broke in some, inside of me, and uh, I just said no more. And I decided I was going to be the tough guy, and I meant it. <laughs> I started getting arrested in the same year, started taking drugs. The first thing I ever took was a morphine tap. The sixth grade, that's crazy. But uh, that just spiraled out of control for me because I started to build up this false persona inside myself, telling myself who I am. And then I let the rest of the world put labels on me because of the stuff I was doing. You're a monster, you're an addict, and you're going nowhere. (laughs) Tore me up. But uh, that's the lifestyle that I thought I wanted to live. That's, That's the persona that I was trying to be. But God. <laughs> December 26, 2009, my life changed forever. I ended up uh, taking drugs that threw me into a two-year drug-induced psychosis. Now, what does that mean? Well, I essentially became a schizophrenic for a couple years of my life. I lost touch with reality to the point that I was in utter despair. And to give you a little more context, and I don't usually share this, I mean, it was to the point where I was locked up in mental institutions and I wasn't allowed to leave. And because of all that, and all the stress, and everything I'd put my family through, through the years, I ended up losing contact with them. They wanted nothing to do with me. So I ended up homeless, right at the age, uh, right around 18 years old. But God, I ended up at this uh, place called Bethel Mission. And uh, one of the deals there is if you wanted to be able to stay at this mission, you would have to attend a church service. 
And for me at that point in my life, what's there for me? Is there a God? And if there is a God, I don't want anything to do with him because of what had happened to me. I had lost everything. I was at a point where I was standing on top of parking garages, trying to figure out why I can't jump. But I ended up at one of those uh, church services one of those evenings. And there was a gentleman, and he got up there, and he just shared his story, kind of like I am with you. And he kept talking about change. Jesus, change your life, change your life, change your life. And I don't know, something stuck on me that night. Called the Holy Spirit, and I didn't even know it. He lifted up a challenge at the end of everything that he said. And he says, if you feel like you have tried every other avenue, and you feel like nothing is just falling into place, I just challenge you to lift your life up to Christ and see what he can do with it. And for whatever reason, I couldn't shake that. (laughs) Sleeping in a dorm of like 200 men, I just couldn't shake it, couldn't sleep. So I lifted up a small prayer. Jesus, help. My life is yours. And from the very next day, my life started to change. Over the next coming years, I started to come out of that drug-induced psychosis started to become more fully grounded in reality. God changed my life. He sent me to school in college when I essentially had dropped out after the sixth grade. Showed me I wasn't stupid. And over the years, he started to heal the wounds and take off all those pieces that I had held on so tightly for so long. You're a monster. You're an addict, and you're going nowhere. And he flips it. You're a child of God. You are deeply and full-heartedly loved. And that changes things. So yeah, it was, a, it was a long couple years after that original coming to everything, but my life really started to hit an uphill climb. And, uh, you know, grew in my faith and uh, was just kind of riding along in life, doing the best that I can. But we know that from time to time, we're gonna run into things in life that can throw us for a bit of a loop. And that season for me was around 2019, where within the span of two weeks, I uh, got injured on the job to the point where I was gonna need to have shoulder surgery. I had an engagement and that I had a wedding planned for, and my dad had a stroke. And I remember in that time, that season, I was angry, I was sad, I was grieving, I had no idea what was going on or which way was up, and I'm like, God, where are you at in all of this? But we know through some of those trying and tough seasons, God's always there. His promise is that he is in the thick of it all. And for me, he showed up and he said, Alpha. And if some of you know that class here at Lutheran Church of Hope, uh, amazing, shout out Alpha. And (laughs) I ended up there. And uh, I decided to make a church a thousand small, and that was a big step for me. I know how hard it can be sometimes when you see all these people and think like, man, is that really for me? But I took a step. Shout out Aaron Brady. But uh, yeah, shout out Kurt. Shout out all these people. But uh, it changed my life. I let people love on me in a way and, uh, that, that I just wasn't used to. And I started to ask some questions and take everything that had happened in my heart and take it to my head. And that was different. (laughs) I really formed and developed a relationship with God when most of my life prayer was just, you know that handle in your car when you're taking taking a turn too quick? 
If that was happening in my life, that was last ditch resort, all right, I guess we'll pray now. I don't talk to him every day. <laughs> Take the time to listen. And it's changed my life. And uh, for mission and different things like that, it's, uh, it's been an interesting ride for me because a couple years I was supposed to be uh, headed out of the country for a year, but then the pandemic hit. <laughs> and that was really hard for me. That was really hard for me because I'd put all my chips in one basket and it was one of those deals where everything was lining up to fall into place. I'm like, Lord, if you want me to be able to do this, you're gonna have to show me X, Y, and Z, and it's gonna have to happen. But that literally, like, we'll just talk divine provision, sermons, prayer, just answered. Like, as soon as I said something, phone calls were happening, it was lined up. And so to have that happen, that really hurt me. <laughs> and I didn't understand what was going on. <laughs> but God doesn't waste a yes. Never. He doesn't waste the yes. He took me deeper. He helped me to form relationships here at Lutheran Church of Hope and just to the world around me to get around people with big faith, to continue to go deeper, to continue to build a community around myself, to continue to grow in my own faith walk right here in Des Moines. <laughs> and it's been, a, it's been a beautiful ride. It hasn't always been easy, but uh, essentially I've gotten the service here without even leaving because uh, shoulder surgery, remember that? I ended up losing my job uh, during the pandemic because of that shoulder surgery. And that was hard for me. But God redeemed every last bit of it. He's getting glory out of every last bit of it. I've been in situations with people, seeing things now this past year of my life that I'll never be able to forget. Miracles in the mundane. It's been a beautiful journey and God isn't done yet. See, a lot of times he doesn't ask us with a straightforward trajectory of every step lined up. A lot of times he'll just ask us, hey, I just need you to get in the vicinity. Because if I tell you this whole story, you're not gonna do it. You're gonna get scared and you're gonna turn the other way. Because I can tell you, if somebody would've told me flat out everything I've been through the past year of my life, mm, you're nuts. I'm turning around, I'm going the opposite direction, I'm gonna stay comfortable in my zone. But we're called to walk by faith not by sight. <laughs> Unreal. God's not finished. <laughs> Sam, thank you for sharing all of that. Thank you for being open to what God is doing in your life and to God getting a hold of you and just moving you. And I get the, like, the frustration of like, well, God, I thought we were going in this direction, right? And I guess maybe we're going some other way. And sometimes that's what mission is, is the flexibility and adaptivity, adaptivity, whatever, adapting to, uh, to different things. Yeah, so I'm wondering, like, when we were talking about this, you were talking about, like, you're still in the thick of it. Do you have any encouragements for people who might feel like they're in the thick of it as well? Yeah, so being in the thick of it usually is when we see God show up the greatest. I mean, think about the story of Peter originally getting called to walk with Jesus Christ. Been out fishing the whole night long. And he's literally wrapped up, tired, slimed up, hasn't caught a single thing, sitting here mending nets, cleaning everything up. Well, this guy comes walking around. He's like, hey, can I get up and preach on your boat? Sure, why not? Gets up, gets on the boat. And at the end of his sermon, he says, why don't you go out a little bit deeper for a catch? I've been fishing all night. I know what I'm doing. This is my job. But Peter doesn't. When he was tired, when he'd been fishing all night, drop that net one more time. And in the overflow, 
a miracle. So if you're going through the thick of it, the desert always seems dry, it's right before the rain. And I'm telling you, it is beautiful. And even if you are walking through something right now, I promise you, he is in a a process of just restoring everything back to you because you are so foundationally and fully loved. And that changes everything. When it comes to mission and to, you know, whether you're in the thick of it, whether you're not in the thick of it, whether you feel like you're in a good spot or you're kind of like, I don't know where my anchor has me right now and I, I don't know what way is up. One of the things that you had shared with me when we were planning for this is about the ripple effect. And that was really profound for me. Will you walk through the whole door opening thing? Yeah. So... When we think about love and all these different things, and you know, we talk about having to grieve this mission trip and all this extra stuff, this, this big thing, this big thing that I thought I'd been called to uh, in that season. God loves little. <laughs> God loves little. And I think a lot of times we mistake, you know, the little things that we do and the little small acts of kindness that we do every single day because those have a big ripple effect. Let me break it down to you like this. So there's a woman struggling to get into a gas station. She's got a couple kids, one on the hip, one at her side. She's struggling. You hold the door, you smile. You know, I get it. Well, all of a sudden, she's in a better mood. All of a sudden, little Timmy down here, he's asking for a candy bar. His mom's in a better mood now. Tim's going to get that candy bar. Well, that ripples over, and then all of a sudden, they go home. Tim's happy. He got a candy bar. Mom asks, hey, why don't you go ahead and start your homework? Tim's like, all right, I got my candy bar. I'm ready to roll. She actually has some time and some space to be able to feel like she can catch her breath. Everybody's in a good mood. All of a sudden, dinner time rolls around. <laughs> no, everybody's in a good mood. Real family conversation, real bonding, real connection can happen. That rolls over into the next day. Jim's in a good mood when he's going to school. He can actually relax, relate. He's got his homework done. Feels caught up. It ignites something in him. I love to learn. All of a sudden, Tim grows up, goes to college, gets a job, doctor, decides to cure cancer. We have a part to play, and it all starts with the small. We never know how far that these small acts of kindness will go, but God can take even the smallest mustard seed of love and of faith and move a mountain with it. I love it. Like, you don't actually know what's going to happen when you hold the door open for somebody or you offer somebody a smile or whatever. But the thing is, you, you never know what would happen if you wouldn't. And what happened if you just love. Mm. And just love well. So the thing that strikes me about mission is this. Is that Sam talked about, like... <laughs> We really easily overcomplicate so many different things. Like, okay, so mission. Like, what is God calling me to? What is this thing like that maybe God has prepared me for in my life? What's my purpose? What's my passion? What's the thing? Sometimes the thing is the next person in front of you. Sometimes it's as simple as a smile or a hello or a, hey, I was thinking about you today. How are you? And so kind of like the bottom baseline is simply love. Just simply love. And if we'll make kind of like a a vertical spectrum here of like, if this is the lowest part of just love, and we got all the way up to like the most complicated part of it, of like, how do we love people well? And how do we love people in ways that where they really feel God's presence and they like encounter God's love in a transformative way or whatever? Not only is the foundation love, but the pinnacle is also love. Hmm. 
And literally anything that you can think of, like is this mission or is this not, if, you're if it fits within the baseline of love and the pinnacle of love, like this is the playground. This is the playground when it comes to mission, whether that playground is God calls you to go to a different country or whether the playground is God calls you to your crabby coworker <laughs> to love them really well and to wonder like maybe I could just put a chocolate bar on Bob's desk, you know, like, and maybe you sign it, maybe you don't, maybe Bob doesn't need to know that it's from you, you know, and so Revive, I, that's just kind of simply the message tonight when it comes to mission, is what is the thing that might be in front of you that God is calling you to, that when, just like with Sam's story, where God's love collided with Sam's life, that was through people, probably a lot of different people. A lot of different people. <laughs> yeah. Over a course of a long period of time, right? That's the truth. Yeah. So you don't know the, the part that you play in people's lives. But the thing about it is this, is that uh, we don't need to overcomplicate it, so just bringing mission simply back, Hope's mission statement flows f- straight from scripture and Hope's mission statement is pretty simple. Hopefully it's easy to memorize. If you haven't memorized, you can close your eyes and say it with me if you want to just read it on the screen because it's just right there. You are welcome to. Um, this is our mission statement and let's just read it together. Hope's mission statement is to reach out to the world around us and share the everlasting love of Jesus Christ. So the good news is, is that God doesn't ask you to just do this alone. God doesn't ask you to do this on your own strength, especially mm. if you have a difficult coworker or a different difficult person in your life. God will give you the strength that you need to love well. All we get to do is just ask. And so um, a couple things that I just want to make sure that you know when it comes to mission is it doesn't matter who you are or whether you feel equipped or not equipped. The thing about mission is that we just say yes to the love of God as it flows to us, and that awakens us. It is God's love coming to us that shakes things loose in our life and that mobilizes us to move. Now, yes, we do say yes to that, like with a yes on our heart or a yes in our mind or a yes in our gut, like, yes, God, I'm in agreement with you to do these things, but God will do the rest, and God will lead you, and God will guide you, Um, and The beautiful thing is you are here in a church of people that love mission. And so this coming weekend, you're actually going to get to hear about our Advent project. Advent is the season uh, leading up to Christmas. And so it might feel like, oh my gosh, how are we talking about Advent already? Well, it's the end of October somehow, and November is right around the corner. And actually, our Advent project um, involves working with the refugees, the over 300 refugees that are coming to the state of Iowa next week. And so you'll get to hear more about how we are partnering with one of our mission partners to meet needs that are very real um, with the refugees from Afghanistan that are coming to Des Moines. And so you'll hear more about it this weekend at Hope. You'll hear more about it next week at Revive. I'm really excited about the ways that we get to just be on a mission and say, hi, welcome to Des Moines. How can I help? Um, Whether or not we speak the same language. And so one of the beautiful things is in the video that we just saw of Hope um, you, hear, you heard Eric say something about um, when, they, when their plane landed here in Des Moines, a hopester was ready and waiting to say hello. And there's an opportunity for some of us to be able to do some of those same things as well. So stay tuned. I just wanted to give you a little bit of a teaser um, that more is coming, so please stay tuned. Um, so Sam, we're about to wrap up, which is kind of wild. Do you have any further thoughts about mission that you want to share? 
Just some final thoughts. So it's like a theme that keeps on coming up in my own life and I just wanna share it with you. Respect the stride. A lot of times we like to get out and take big steps, but God's in the process of, this is longevity. So what do I mean? You know, we get started with something, we're just like out here taking big steps. Before you know it, guess what? I'm tired. But if you're walking at your normal pace, a little bit every day, four, five, six, seven days, I'm doubling my distance. <laughs> Respect the stride, because he's building up a base inside of you. What is that base gonna do? <laughs> so when the time does come, when he's like, all right, time to run, we're gonna be ready. We're gonna be more than ready. He's gonna do the heavy lifting in all the situations. Like Jamie said, all we gotta do is show up. <laughs> show up with that love in our hearts, and that'll change the world. It starts at home. It starts at the friend groups, it starts at work. And it goes everywhere to all the nations. Mm. So the verse that Katie read at the beginning, I want to just bring us back to. So this is from Matthew chapter 9, where Jesus is traveling through all these towns and villages, and he's healing every kind of sickness and disease and illness, and he has compassion on people. And he says to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. And the thing about this verse that sometimes when I overcomplicate it is like, oh, okay, I have to figure out what field God is calling me to. Mm. I have to figure out like, okay, how are we going to grow this field? How are we going to do all these things? But the simple and good news that Jesus says is, so pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. I'm not in charge of the harvest. Sam's not in charge of the harvest. Jacob's not in charge of the harvest. None of us are in charge of the harvest. Ask him, God, to send more workers into his fields. So Revive, I I invite you to think tonight, just kind of as we talk broadly about mission, as you hear Sam's story and how God has awakened Sam and kind of the movement that's been happening over the, the course of Sam's life, I invite you to just get quiet And think to yourself and ask God to bring things to mind. God, where are you calling me to lead right now with love? Maybe not overcomplicate mission. Maybe not overcomplicate, like, God, what is my purpose? What is this thing that you have created me for? And where are you leading me? Maybe you already know that, and that's awesome. Maybe that's a source of confusion for you. Just kind of wipe some of that away and just bring it down to a simple, like, next right thing. So when we get quiet here in a moment, I invite you to just ask God that. Where are you calling me to lead with love? And then what places have you already placed me in where I can shine your light? So I invite you to pray and then we'll just kind of get quiet for a moment. God, the good news about your love for us is that we don't have to be somebody else to do the thing that you've called us to do. God, you love us. You're so excited about us. You love spending time with us. And you love that we get to partner in mission with you. God, I thank you for the ways that you love us and that ways that your love just calls us to love other people. So God, I ask that where anybody in this room who's feeling dry tonight, God, I ask that you would in this moment of silence, God, in this little bit of quiet time, maybe this is the first time we've been quiet all day, God, would we be able to just feel your love wash over us? Would you gift us with your love here tonight? Spirit, would you illuminate to us places where you want to speak to us in love? 
And God, I just ask that you make it really clear to us. Bring somebody to mind who we can love really well. A hurting coworker, a crabby coworker, a student in our classroom, a patient on our floor, our boss. God, who might you be calling us to love? And so we give this time to you and ask that you would just speak to us for a moment. we thank you for your love we thank you that you want us to partner with you to change the world God we thank you that you are a world changer that you're a city changer and that you're a heart changer we ask that you change us too we love you and we ask all these things in Jesus name and all God's kids said Amen. amen let's stand and worship thanks for listening everyone Revive West Des Moines happens every Thursday night at Hope in West Des Moines, and we'd love to connect with you on social media. So find us and let us know where you're listening from. And whenever you're in town, we would love to have you come to Revive and join us live. Peace out, Scouts.